Hello and welcome to the One Trust Talks Tech Podcast. This is episode number 21, recorded on November 6th, 2023. My name is Roger Dean and I work on the product team here at One Trust and I'm the host of this podcast. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at our ESG product, some of the new features, and an overall update. Sohail Juma from the product team is going to join the podcast and give us the latest straight from the source. As always, just a quick reminder that this podcast reflects One Trust's current expectations for product capabilities. Be advised that dates and features may be subject to change and should not be relied upon when making purchasing decisions. Okay, now I'd like to welcome our guest to the podcast, Sohail from the ESG team. Welcome to the podcast, Sohail. Hey, Roger. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming back. I'm really excited. I know that a lot of stuff's going on in the ESG side. Hadn't really heard about anything. It's kind of stealthy, but uh, but now hopefully we can shed some light on it. Uh, starting with that, just like kind of what's new with ESG? And I know we just had some things in the latest release. What's, what's kind of going on with that? Yeah, so I think since we last spoke, we've definitely come out with a lot of uh, value-added things that our customers have been asking for. Uh, the first one I'll talk about is the CSRD framework. Uh, that's something I alluded to last time, but that's something that we've seen a lot of value from. Uh, CSRD, for folks who don't know about, is essentially this new directive that came out of uh, Europe, and now there's becoming a, a more of a requirement to report on this sort of directive, uh, especially kind of smaller companies, larger companies. The, the timeline is starting to come sooner and sooner. So. Uh, CSRD is going to be one of the big things that we see a lot of our our clients and customers using. Uh, the next I'll, the next thing I'll talk about is our custom dashboards. So this is something that almost everyone we've interacted with has asked for. Uh, before that, we did provide a an out of the box dashboard that folks can kind of get an, a high level understanding of in terms of how their ESG program was operating and where certain risks or gaps could be accounted for. But now, over the last I would say the next last couple months, we've actually come out with the ability to customize your own dashboards. Uh, we know that every business has their own requirements, their own reporting needs, and certainly things that they look at uh, from an overall risk and reporting perspective. So what better way to allow that for each company than providing custom dashboards today? Uh, the next thing I'll talk about is something that we call metric delegation management. This is the ability at a high level to uh, send out requests for ESG data collection uh, to folks both within your organization as well as outside of your organization and the ability the ability to manage that at a high level. So if you kind of if you're an assessment automation user today, um, the ability to kind of look at your assessments in a list, try to track how things are coming along, uh, nudge people to get things going. You can think of that same process over on the ESG side. Instead of using what we call assessments at OneTrust, we're leveraging the concept of metrics, which are just kind of quantitative, qualitative-based uh, units of info that apply to a certain ESG standard or framework. And that's, so, how, that's how someone who's the ESG program manager at a company, instead of them going around and gathering all of these metrics from all these different sources, they can just go say, hey, so well, can you get this from, from here? And maybe a vendor, can you provide us with this? Kind of like, like you said, like we do with assessments when we, for our third parties to send out those and give us a, give some feedback. Same kind of thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Same same exact process there. Okay. You can even remind people to kind of go in and, and get the data that they need, assign deadlines, things like that. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Sorry, can we jump back to the CSRD thing for just a minute? Sure. When it, remind me when is the uh, when is that going to start being enforced? Yeah. So we're looking at uh, they did make some changes uh, from okay. a regulatory perspective. It has been pushed back a little. The initial timeline was around sometime next year. 
Uh, but just because of the breadth and the level of awareness that is needed to essentially comply with some of the different directives, it's actually been pushed out quite a bit. So regardless of that, the need for being able to comply with this is still pretty big just yeah. because if you look at the the framework and, and break it down, there's almost 700, 800 metrics that people have to go in and collect for. So just because it's been kind of pushed back a little doesn't mean companies should go in and just kind of kick their feet up and say, yeah, okay, we're good for, yeah, for a while. Don't, you still have to go in and get to it's it. It's not a good reason to put a pause on gathering this data. It's like, whoo, I got more time to do it, and now I need to start getting it done right now, right? Yeah, and yeah. That, that leads me to the, the last uh, enhancement that we released, which is kind of our, our launch of carbon management. Um, carbon management is a big part of CSRD. It's a part of almost every framework that people ask for. But with carbon management, you now have the ability to kind of put together a carbon footprint to allow companies to really understand uh, their impact on the world when it comes to the amount of emissions they're coming out with and, and the, all the activities that they do that release emissions uh, and what they can do to, to become better at that as well. Okay. And so this is, this is really, we're not actually going to be in essence, gathering these from like third-party uh, software, you know, it, using integrations. This is part of this whole gathering of all this metrics and data, and then putting that in to OneTrust so we can actually then report on that. So, building this carbon management piece is all about really helping people gather this carbon information into one place and uh, and being able to look at it and then be able to report on. It. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <clears throat> there's a there's a big part of of every kind of reporting requirement that tells people, okay, what are your your scope one, your scope two, your scope three emissions? And using carbon management, that's how you can get that information today. Otherwise, you're kind of left with putting together an Excel sheet, sending that right. out to people and getting your best estimates from there. Right, right. So high level, <laughs> how does this new product work? We've kind of alluded to it, but maybe go into a little more detail. Yeah, so uh, I'll break it down uh in, in the basics. So within carbon management or within the world of greenhouse gases, you have uh, two distinct objects or concepts. The first one is what we call emission factors. So emission factors are essentially activities that result in some form of emissions of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. Um, the other aspect of this is what we call, or at least in the uh, program reporting disclosure tool today, is what we call emission transactions. So these are essentially a, a ledger or an instance of that emission factor being used to generate a greenhouse gas. So as an example, if we were to go into the office today, um, an emission factor could be something like commuting using a, a gas-based vehicle. Um, and if we were making this podcast in the office today, the transaction would be you using your gas-based vehicle to drive into the office and me using my gas-based vehicle to drive into the office. Both of those release some sort of uh, carbon emission into the air. And so we would be able to calculate that based on certain uh, factors and certain variables. Where we kind of differ is we essentially uh, provide the shovels for companies to be able to put that information together. They take the data and they use it, uh, they use our solution to put that data together to build that carbon footprint. We essentially provide the infrastructure for companies uh, to put that in place today. And so the way this would work, kind of continuing off of that example, is if we both went into the office today, um, the emission factor basically has a like a coefficient or a rate that says, you know, for every mile you use to drive into the office, you release this amount of carbon. 
Um, you multiply that by how much you've traveled, and then you essentially get the amount of greenhouse gases that is being uh, emitted in the air. And then you multiply that by the amount of things that, you know, say one trust, as an example, is doing across all of its employees, all of its uh, activities. And then you start to get a comprehensive understanding of what your carbon footprint looks like from there. Right, right. And <laughs> you imply this. I, I don't We may not be doing this now, but could you then, like, break that down and say that, this activity in itself is generating this much of a carbon footprint. Is do we have the ability to like tag, you know, mine and your travel to the office on this day? Not that the only thing we'd have done would be the podcast, but we could kind of say, well, the podcast was generating this much. Is that is that kind of what we're getting to? Exactly, oh, and that's cool. where the ability to um, we've actually also on top of what we've done for emission factors and transactions, we've also provided an out of the box uh, dashboard for that as well. So. As you're collecting more and more of those transactions and seeing what your carbon footprint looks like, you have the ability to drill down a little bit deeper into that. So if you wanted to understand uh, a per org level, uh, as an example, like maybe the London office is emitting more scope three emissions, but the U.S. is emitting more scope two, for example, right. uh, you could drill down to that level of detail and understand where the highest risks are for uh, your carbon emissions and what you could do to kind of uh, create initiatives towards limiting some of those or factors. At least you know now where they are, you know, what you do about them. Um, you've mentioned this a couple of times, and I know I used to know what they were, but what quickly, what are scope one, scope two, and scope three? I know scope one is like what we do directly, like at what you do directly at your company, but what are scope two and scope three? Yeah, the way I like to explain this is using a an analogy. So if we take uh, a car manufacturer, for example, uh, scope one is going to be all of the direct emissions, as you mentioned, that result in a release of carbon in the air. So how uh, much, like if it's Ford, how much carbon, how much carbon do they emit for doing their business, building cars, having meetings, all, you know, whatever it is, all it just whatever it is, commute time for all their employees, get to all their plants. That's scope one, because that's what they're doing to to build the product that they build, right? Exactly. Yeah. Even like one level deeper, just like putting the car together is like uh, a scope one emission. Right, how much energy then, does it take to run the plant and just all that exactly. stuff? Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. good, I got that. Yeah, so running running the plant would actually be more of a, a scope two because scope two relies on like electricity, oh, heating, yeah. all of those uh, different aspects to make the car. And then your scope three, which is the most complicated one uh, that every company most likely has to deal with is all of the indirect emissions that come out as a result of people using your product or service. Okay. So let me see if I got if this. You, so scope two yeah. is since the power, since the, the automotive plant uses power from generated by a power company, they aren't directly generating the carbon, the power company is. So as an as a result of them using power, carbon is being emitted, but it's not by Ford, it's by the power company. So therefore that's a scope two because that's emissions from a, from a, from a vendor basically, right? Correct. So it's like it's still a direct emission because you're still using the, the electricity or the, or the heat. But that that does directly come from uh, like the electricity company or the, the gas company. OK, yeah. so that's scope two. Scope three is the most complicated. Like you said, that's where um, what is the result of the product you create? What like what kind of emissions come from that? Is that correct? Yeah, so the, the way I visualize this is if you go to the Ford dealership and you're like, okay, you know, I could use, uh, you know, a GT, not that they make them anymore, but yeah. uh, if you go up, if you drive that car off the, the dealership lot, 
Ford is still responsible for all the gas that comes out of that Ford GT vehicle. And then you just multiply that by every Ford vehicle on the road around the world, and that's your script three. Okay, okay. And that, for for an automotive company, that might be fairly easy, but for someone else, that might be pretty tough to figure out. Like, what are the what are the carbon emissions based on the product that I'm creating or the thing that I'm doing down the road? So that's why that's so complicated. Exactly. And every industry does it differently. Like, you know, the manufacturer, the car manufacturer might be one example, but software does it differently where we rely, a lot of our emissions might come from like data centers, for example, and each industry kind of has their own culprit of emissions that they deal with. Got it. Okay. All right. Sorry. Thanks for that. So back to the carbon management piece. How do you see this kind of working with the rest of our ESG products? Yeah, so we, we just talked about the scopes and, and the examples that we used. Um, when folks are gathering that data, they have to send out uh, what's called like a, a collection request or a delegated metric collection request mm. to retrieve that data. Um, and if we're sticking to carbon specifically, a lot of folks will have that scope one, scope two, scope three data hidden somewhere within like, let's say, a utility system or they're capturing that on a spreadsheet today. Um, that data, if you get that into the carbon management process, uh, side today, we can just take that data and add it back into all of your metrics that you have to report on uh, within a given framework. So if, uh, let's say CSRD again, is asking for scope one or scope two or scope three, or even your total carbon footprint, you can use carbon management to retrieve the data and then that, that information gets sent back into the CSRD metrics uh, almost instantaneously without having to uh, re, kind of like copy paste that entire process. Today. Got it. Okay, that's cool. And that makes yeah. that should make whoever the the ESG person is at a company's job a whole lot easier. I would assume that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, and and the and the best part about this is um, we're coming out with the ability to create your own sustainability report. And so the way this could be used is going off of that same example. Once you have your CSRD metrics in place and you've gathered that data using carbon management, you could use our sustainability report feature and essentially say, look. You know, for the year of 2023, if you break this down by quarter, here's all of our scope one, scope two, scope three metrics broken down by org, et cetera. And so all of that kind of just becomes one single journey that a program manager, an ESG manager could use to use our product across each of the different functions. Nice, nice. So that leads me into something maybe I'm dreaming, but it seems like this could really have roots in the other other parts of one trust so whether it's third-party risk management like if you're talking to all of these vendors thousands or hundreds of vendors can we then tie the esg and carbon management piece into those other those other clouds or those other products yeah. that one trust has yeah spot on so the way i see it is esg has a little bit of its roots across all of the other clouds mm -hmm. uh just like you mentioned with grc or the third-party risk aspect uh, vendors and third parties play a big, big role because, again, those could be related to scope three emissions or just uh, making sure that you're tracking and monitor your ESG risks from that perspective. Uh, when it comes to privacy, the privacy cloud, uh, a lot of like data privacy compliance and security obligations also appear in a lot of the different reporting frameworks. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you understand like the privacy posture of your organization or the data security posture of your organization. Uh, and that's where privacy comes in. And then you look at ethics, right? Ethics is all about, or a big part of ethics is around anti-bribery, anti-corruption. What are you doing to uh, input a whistleblower program today? Uh, again, a lot of the frameworks within ESG ask for that information. And so it's really cool to see the ESG cloud kind of having a, a little bit of each of the other clouds in it um, as you kind of put together your ESG program, are combating your carbon footprint, 
all of these things have roots in other clouds today, makes which sense. is really cool to see. Yeah, it makes sense. And I hadn't thought about the other part is like if you and I were inputting our data for our carbon emissions for for carbon tracking, but there is a privacy part of that where um, it really, you know, we got to be really careful with that data because, you know, we don't want someone to know that I drive, you know, a Ford Focus RS and I drive 16 miles a day or whatever it is to get into the office. That, you know, the the data needs to be genericized so that our, my privacy as an employee is protected. So you're right. It's And that seems to me like, you know, someone who's just a little bit of a sales hat going on here, for someone who's just a carbon management system, that they're going to miss out on a lot of all the other aspects that, that we can take advantage of just because of the OneTrust platform. Exactly. And that's where I would say, if you look at kind of how we operate, that's where our strength is, is sure, we operate in the ESG side, but you can't do ESG without any of the other clouds as well. Right, right. Makes sense. Uh, so just to wrap things up, where, like, we just released some features kind of where I know we're gonna be doing roadmap stuff later on, but, you know, what's what's the, on the horizon? What's the big stuff for ESG coming up? Yeah, uh, I alluded to the sustainability report builder. Uh, we're in the we're close to the finish line on that one, and that's going to be something that a lot of folks have been asking for as okay. well. This is the ability to take your metrics and basically turn it into one of those sustainability reports that you see on company websites and all those things. You just kind of point and click, and you have the data, you have the visuals available for you to put a report together for. Uh, that's going to be one of the bigger ones. Cool. We're also looking at applying, um, I think a lot of folks are familiar with like attribute managers, uh, the ability to kind of create your own custom fields. We're applying that to carbon management as well, because again, every company does things differently. So it only helps to provide that flexibility there. So a couple other things coming down the pipeline, but those are the two big nice. ones that we are coming in the near future. Nice. Looking forward to it. Wow. You guys have come a really, really long way. And well, since we last talked and since in the last year and a half. So amazing stuff. Thank you so much for get, coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Roger. Okay. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks so much to Sohel for coming on to the podcast. There's so much stuff in ESG that you don't even think about. It's kind of like everything. There's there's always a lot more to it than, than meets the eye. So I mean, again, really appreciate Sohel coming on and letting us know what's going on. Please remember, if you have any comments, feedback, or requests, email us at podcast at onetrust.com. Uh, my mailbox is full of uh, Spotify and everybody else trying to sell me something, but I would really like to hear from anybody that's listening. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or requests, if you want me to bring someone onto the podcast, please let me know. I uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>